Hello, everybody. Good morning. My name is Sandra, if you don't know me. I'm part of the team here, Great City Church. Good morning, kids. It is very good to have you with us this morning. I just love everything about it. I love the noise. I love the color. I'm even feeling so comfortable that I'm preaching barefoot because my, shoe my shoes were hurting me. <laughs> but I just love when we have different generations together to worship Jesus. See, from here, I can see white heads. I can see adults. I can see young adults. I can see teenagers. I can see kids. I can see toddlers. How beautiful is that? It is good. It relaxes us a, bit of, a little bit and even takes us the concept, the religious concept that church is so serious and we cannot have fun together. So I'm very happy to be here. And we are three days away from Christmas. Mm, everybody excited? Now, can I have three people to tell me what is your favorite thing about Christmas? Um, chocolate. Gifts. Gifts. One more. Presents. Presents. You see, the kids are already winning participation this morning. Huh? I'll tell you what my favorite thing is. My favorite thing about Christmas is the songs. See, Christmas songs are everywhere. And my girls know that from 1st of December in our house, Christmas songs are on. And they will be on until the end of the year. I just love it. I must say that Christmas is not just a holiday season, but Christmas is also a singing season. It's a musical season. It is a season to sing about the love of our God. You see, during Christmas, and I must say, just during Christmas, our shopping centers can play praises to God. They can get away with it. See, just in Christmas, I can go and do my supermarket. And while I'm choosing the meat that I will cook for dinner, I can hear, Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. And then 10 minutes later, I'm choosing the dishwashing liquid. And then I hear, Oh, come, oh, we're faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come, he, oh, come, me to Bethlehem. Now, how good is that? I know we also hear, all I want for Christmas is you. But do you understand what I mean? Christmas time is a time to sing about the love of our God. Now, the thing is, we, maybe we don't know, but it has always been this way. See, the birth of Jesus was marked by songs. And by new songs, like the psalmist say, sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done great things. Well, see, that is what happened when Jesus was born. 
If we read the story of his birth in the book of Luke, we will see that in every turning point of the narrative, someone breaks into a song, a new song. It's starting with Mary, the mother of Jesus. See, when she was pregnant, she visited her friend, her relative, Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptist. And then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit to the point that the Bible says that the babe inside of her womb, John the Baptist, jumped. And Mary, Mary broke into a song, a new song. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. Amazing song. But then when Elizabeth had her son, John the Baptist, the lips of her husband, Zachariah, were open. See, Zachariah had been mute during her pregnancy for nine months. Now imagine these kids being mute without talking for nine months. You see, I have, we have a play in our house. We have a game that we play. It's the silence game. I don't know if you know this game. It's a very strategic parental game when silence is really needed. And basically, the person who stays silent for longer wins. And we are improving that. We are almost hitting the one-minute mark of silence. You see, Zachariah was silenced for nine months. And then his lips were open. And do you know what he did? He sang. He sang a song of praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us. Amazing, amazing song. But and so the day arrived, the day that Jesus would be born. See, Jesus was born at night and there were some shepherds tending the flock close by. And then an angel appeared. And then the angel talked to them. They were so terrified because the, the, light, the, the glory of the Lord was so bright. And then the angel said, we can all turn to your Bibles if you want to read with me. It's in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 to 14. And then the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. But listen to that. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared singing praises to God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. See, another song. And now the angels are the ones singing. The first Christmas choir that ever happened. See, the birth of Jesus was marked by songs from earth to heaven. And by songs from heaven to earth. Songs of earth to heaven, songs of gratitude, and an amazing song of peace from heaven to earth. Now, I just think that that is amazing. 
Because if we read the story of God and his people in the Old Testament, we will see how God was disobeyed, how he was disrespected, how he was despised by his people the whole way through. Starting from the fall in the Garden of Eden, all the way through to the last prophet, we can see how unfaithful and ungrateful God's people were. To the point that they needed a break in their relationship. See, before Jesus was born, God was in silence for 400 years. Imagine that. 400 years of silence. No new prophecies. No new promises, no miracles, just silence. And then God decided to restore his relationship with his people. And the message that he sends comes with a song. A song of peace. Now would you sing a song of peace over the people who mistreat you? Would you sing a song of people, a peace over the people who disrespect you? If we were God, and if we had a son who could save the world, and if we decided to send our son to save the world, that is probably the song we would sing. It would go something like that. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. I am sending my son to town. And he's making a list. He's gonna check twice. And he's gonna find out who is naughty or nice. I am sending my son to town. Now you see, Santa Claus messages can sing this song, but not God's messages. God's message sang a song of peace. You come as you are. Are you naughty? Are you nice? Come, I have a gift for you. That was the message that the angel sang. And then when Jesus, he was 40 days old, still a newborn, his parents took him to the temple to present him. And then another song. Then Simeon, an old man, he gets Jesus and holds Jesus in his arms and he sings a song. The song of an old man who is waiting to see the promises of God. And that is the song he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Amazing song. But the thing is, it did not stop there. And our meetings are just a proof of that. We just spent 20 minutes singing praises to God. And everywhere around the world, followers of Jesus sing. And they sing often. See, singing praises is part of Christian life. It has always been this way. We can see that in Jesus' birth. That when someone is touched by the Holy Spirit, singing might happen. 
We can also see that in church history. Because if we study the history of revivals and awakenings, we will see that the revivals and awakenings normally come with a new wave of songs. Many of the hymns that we sing in our churches today were born in revivals. It is almost that when heaven moves, songs start leaking into the earth. And we can also see that, not just in Jesus' birth, but we can see that at the cross. Because at the cross, Jesus, when he was there, he recited three verses of a song who was written by King J. Davis. David. Now you can find this song in your Bible, in the book of Psalms, chapter 22. You can find the whole song. But the verse that Jesus recited at the cross was the first verse of the song, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then he recited the verse that is in the middle of the original song, I am thirsty. And then he recited the last verse of the song, It is finished. God has done it. I always wonder about this. Did, did Jesus said all the verses of the song quietly under his breath? Was there any rhythm to it? Was there any melody to it? I don't know. But one thing I know. The Jews who were there, they knew that what Jesus was saying or singing was composed by King David. And it was a song. But when Jesus was on the cross, heavens were moving and he was rewriting a song. Have you thought of that? He was rewriting a song, a song of redemption. And he did not stop there. Because after the cross, the gospel opened a new, new songs in the earth. And now a new testament is full of them. We don't see them as songs, but they are there. The poetic parts of our New Testament are very most likely songs and hymns that were sung by the early church. Now, we don't see them as songs. We don't read them as songs, mainly because here in the West, we are taught to read our Bible looking for doctrine, looking for theology, Looking for life guidance, practical steps to take. We rarely, if ever, read our Bibles looking for songs. Looking for the melody of heaven. Not just reading our Bibles with our minds open, with our hearts. To listen to the melody. See, the question we should ask ourselves when we read our Bibles is not... How much do I know? But is, did I hear? Did I hear the melody? As that Christmas song says, do you hear what I hear? A song, a song, high above the trees, with a voice as big as the sea. You see, this song has started with Jesus' birth. And this song has been confirmed and sealed with Jesus' death and resurrection. It's a song of redemption. 
And my prayer is that we will have open ears to hear the song. Now, I'm finding very interesting to be talking about songs here when the kids are in here. Because this year, in the kids' work, they've been practicing and, and being taught how to sing praises to God. Like Chloe is doing an amazing work in leading them in worship. And we are very thankful. As a kid's work and also as a parent, I can see the fruit of her work. You see, I, I love the song that we learned. The kids learned this year, Raise a Hallelujah. There is a line on this song that says, My weapon is a melody. You see, you teach children to raise their voices. And you are giving them a spiritual weapon. And that will sustain them in times of disappointment, in times of fear, in times of heartbreak. They will raise their voices and praise Jesus because they were taught to. It is a weapon. And I'm very glad that we as church, we'll be putting effort and time into this. Now, I would like to ask four kids to come to the front and they will help me to end this message. The four kids are Grace, Noah, Emily, and Isla. Brittany, do you need your paper? Um, we've been researching the New Testament, some parts of it that has melody in it. And they will recite some of these parts for us. One, two, three, four. And then after that, we'll respond with a song. And then I think Rosie and Moritz will help James to end the service. What do you hear when you read your Bible? I hear Paul and Silas singing in prison. They're hurt and in pain. They're bound by heavy chains. And still they sing. They sing a melody of praise. I also hear the sound of heaven responding to their hearts. The sound of an earthquake breaking their chains and bringing them freedom and salvation. Do you hear what I hear? I hear the saints in Philippi singing. Have the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus. In his very nature, he was God. He was equal to God, but he did not take advantage of that fact. Instead, he made himself nothing by taking the nature of a slave, being made in the likeliness of man. And as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God exalted him um, and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you hear what I hear? I hear the saints in Rome singing, Oh, the depth of the riches and of the wisdom and knowledge of God. 
How unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways are more than we can know. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who became his counsellor? Has anyone ever given anything to God so that God has to pay them back? For from him and through him and to him are all things. Do you hear what I hear? I hear the voice of millions and millions of angels. They surround the throne. In a loud voice they are singing. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. I hear all the creatures in heaven, on earth, under the earth and on the sea singing. The whole creation is singing and the song goes like this. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honour and glory and dominion forever and ever. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear?